The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson. And as you know, this is our All 32 series, the series where we catch you up with insiders from every team and let you know the need-to-know information for each and uh, every single one of those teams. Today, we're talking Kansas City Chiefs with beat writer for USA Today and Chiefs Wire, Ed Easton Jr. Ed, thanks so much for joining us today. I know we talked about it a little bit on the pre-show, but have you been enjoying Quarterback on Netflix? Oh, uh, first of all, a pleasure to be here. Um, thank you guys for the invite. And yeah, definitely been enjoying it. Uh, a lot of stuff that we see a lot of times just covering the team is, is very interesting for now. Like the uh, the public, everyone to get a little insight of what's going on with Patrick and uh, to see how intense he is and how much of a competitor he can be. So uh, I, I thought that was uh, something that I've seen a lot of responses from people that don't necessarily follow the Chiefs on a regular basis. They're saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes got that, you know, he got a little dog in him. Dog so in him. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's almost like it's almost like with Mahomes. I think we treat him as sort of like this like magician who otherworldly talented guy that he's just going out on Sundays. He's like just making it work, and like we don't realize. And, and Katie pointed this out correctly. It's like you got to be a like a, a psychopath. Like a, you got to be psychotic to be the best quarterback in football, yeah. and and like on track to like. I mean, we'll get to this maybe later, but like you know, t- t- actually, I'll just bring it up now. Like like to go after Tom Brady is like the greatest of all time. And that is, that is a stupid thing to suggest because Tom Brady played for so long and won so many Super Bowls and had like, there are every year CBS rolls out a graphic. That's like, which hall of fame career would you pick for Tom Brady? Cause he has three of them. And yet Patrick Mahomes five years into his career, two Super Bowls, I think two Super Bowl MVPs. Yes. Two MVPs. And the first guy is Kurt Warner in 1999 to win MVP of the regular season, Super Bowl uh, MVP, and a Super Bowl in the same year. I mean, it's same. like covering covering that team. You know, it, it, I mean, it's like do you, I don't know. It's like the whole thing is like, it's like, like what what can you tell me about Mahomes? But like, it, it, is <laughs> the, does that team believe that he is actually 
like, like he might be the greatest of, like he could be the greatest yeah. of all time. Like it's not that crazy. And we're like five years into his career. There's just nothing he can't do. Well, there's definitely a lot of confidence. The teammate, the teammates all love him. Um, obviously Travis Kelsey's comments all the time. Uh, he had recently spoke about that saying that he wanted to see Mahomes get more titles, even after he's done playing with him, you know? So, you know, depending on how long uh, Kelsey wants to play. Uh, but just the, you know, the whole length of the whole Tom Brady comparison, that's always going to happen. You know, he's the greatest quarterback to play the game. Uh, Mahomes has uh, shown that he can sort of like revolutionize the position and the way yeah. that people view it. So uh, it just from that dynamic, yes, you know, that is the, the high expectation everyone's going to have for him when he's still in his 20s and he has already accomplished so much. But I think in terms of the franchise, the franchise just wants to make sure he's he's healthy, he's happy, yeah. he's still out there because just having Patrick Mahomes in the lineup automatically makes you a contender. Uh, they yeah. they the, uh, you know they've hosted that's the thing they've hosted the AFC title game every season since the 2018 season. Wild. People see the like that's something people seem to forget. It. Everything runs through Arrowhead since he's taken over as a starter. You know, we talked to beat writers in this all 32 series from every single team. And I got to say, it's you probably have the most fun job covering the Chiefs and, and the embarrassment of riches that they have. Just it must be a thrill compared to some teams that have to write about losing every single weekend. But let's talk about one of the departures on the team that you thought would be a really big red flag. And that's Orlando Brown. Uh, but the Chiefs just seem to be so good at replacing even their star offensive linemen. Like, how do these new people? pieces look on the O-line? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, after Orlando Brown moving on to Cincinnati, uh, a lot of people said that might be a big big hole, you know, left tackle. Um, The belief was that they can, they didn't have, they didn't really want to give him that big contract. And and that's really what it came down to. And they felt like they can mix and match and add veterans. So you add Taylor, you add um, Smith. Smith is a, a, you know, he's been a veteran. He's played with the Bucs his whole career. He's played with, um, with Tom Brady, if you know, if they trust you to protect Tom Brady, that's a lot of trust. So yeah. these yeah. were things that they were yeah. looking at. If we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna replace Orlando yeah. uh, Brown, a Pro Bowl offensive lineman, we want to bring in a guy that knows the pressure of protecting a franchise quarterback. So you yeah. bring in Smith, you bring in Taylor, you know, you keep him on the right side. Everyone thought that they were gonna move him to left tackle once he was brought in with the Chiefs, but uh, the plan was to keep him where he's comfortable and um, just grow from there. So the offensive line has, in my opinion, it's improved so much. It doesn't get a lot of the, the praise that a lot of people kind of put on the um, a lot of the offensive players for, for obvious reasons. But you talk about Creed Humphreys, one of the better centers in the NFL, a pro bowler as well, Joe Thune, um, a great veteran, uh, Trey Smith, who I feel like is one of the most underrated uh, offensive linemen in the game. Uh, they have a nice unit that they put together. So when they saw Orlando Brown as a um, free agent and they saw the price tag, they weren't too worried about replacing him because they knew mm. what they had. And they also have some young talent that is uh, weighing in the wings. It's so interesting because it reminds me and it, 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 Shouldn't be surprising, but it reminds me a lot of the Patriots and what they did in New England, where you would you would have you have this team success as a result. You have players who are going to get paid, but when you are winning Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls in like a five year span, and you are Andy Reid and like and we talk about Mahomes catching Brady, I don't think Andy Reid's going to catch Belichick. But there's a little bit of like Phil Mickelson at a major here where <laughs> Phil couldn't win one, couldn't win one, couldn't win one, finally won one and then ripped off yeah. a bunch. And it's like Andy won his first Super Bowl. And now it's like 
it, it's you, like you mentioned, they're in Arrowhead every year. Pat is his guy. He's young. They got they got all these pieces. They trade Tyreek Hill. They let Orlando Brown walk. They don't panic at all. That's what I think is interesting. And even John Dorsey is gone, right? And then Brett Veach steps right in. It's it's amazing to me how Andy Reid in this second uh, sort of second you know second life as a, as a coach after all that success in Philly has found even more success in in Kansas City. I mean, as, as someone who covers him regularly, like I want to I mean, you know, he's an incredible person, a funny guy. But does it feel like that first Super Bowl maybe un, un like took all, took some of that pressure off and just lets him like kind of you know coach a little more freely? Oh, definitely. Uh, you can already see. And just the way he uh, works with Mahomes and he works with Kelsey. And uh, we all know Andy Reid as an offensive genius uh, in yeah. a mastermind. And, and some of the stuff that he's put together, he allows so much freedom for a guy like Mahomes and Kelsey to just kind of figure things out, make up their own plays on the side outside of uh, just a regular practice. So you see a lot of these creative plays, which they actually do show in the quarterback when they do the snow globe play. It's something mm. that he's <laughs> Yeah, he's allowed a lot of uh, freedom to do that. And, you know, they actually done a couple of those those interesting plays, uh, even in the Super Bowl. You know, that it, it was it's things like that that Andy Reid has given his players, especially a guy like Mahomes, and uh, just so much control in what they want to do. So when I think, you know, Andy Reid, obviously his time with the Eagles and how successful he was, he kind of realizes, hey, you know, I'm older. The game is changing, but I'm also going to adapt to the way the game is changing, but still implement what I bring to the, to the system. So it's not just, you know, let the guys go out and have fun. He makes sure there's a structure. He makes sure everyone's disciplined with everything they do. That's why I don't know if people know this, but it's rare that you see on a lot of these trick plays where it's like a false start. It's very rare almost yeah. because of yeah. the discipline that they, they run these plays over and over and over again. So everybody's on the same accord. They know what they're doing. And I just think that's a testament to what Andy Reid has become and what he continues to evolve to be. And, you know, they, I think the, the comment about whether or not he was going to continue coaching, I think as long as they have this core together, as long as Kelsey's there, Mahomes is healthy, everyone's there, he's going to want to stick around as long as he can. I mean, you talk about the you know, offensive mastermind of Andy Reid, the greatest quarterback in the league, maybe even all time, an extremely disciplined team. Ed, what's the weakness? What is the biggest weakness on this Chiefs roster? Please give us something. You know what? Uh, a lot of times well, in past years, they would always try to throw at the defense. They always say the defense is probably the weaker part, but the defense has mm -hmm. stepped up so much. Uh, we saw last year a lot of big plays were made by the defense in the Super Bowl. Nick Bolton, uh, the big play he made, and even the season that he had, he deserved to be a pro bowler, but he was snubbed. Um, he's one of the better linebackers. So, uh, you know, they always try to pick at that. Uh, last year was also special teams. It was in, there was some issues in terms of the return game. They kind of uh, figured that out. They added Richie James in um, free agency, who's going to probably do a lot of kick returning. Um, you're not putting a guy like Sky Moore, who's – Never was never a punt returner in college, and they had him doing that. So it was an awkwardness there. You're going to see him more in the pass game. And I know you're saying find a weakness. I'm just pointing out some of the things that <laughs> worked for that time. Um, you know, you look at that, the secondary's young, you know. So uh, these yeah. are things that people like to, to pick on, if you want to say, what is the uh, the problem with the Chiefs? But every time they get these, these uh, criticisms, and I, I want to go back to what Nick Bolton said during OTAs, I feel like, you know, they don't, he said he feels like they don't get enough respect, that teams overlook the defense. They always say, oh, just keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands and you should be fine. But the defense has a chip on his shoulder. So mm. Mm. right now we're going to say, you know, 
we're going to say the defense because compared yeah. to the offense, you're always going to say the defense. That's the only reason why. Yeah. But I don't think defense is a bad unit if, you're, if we're being fair. Yeah, and I mean, look, like I thought that the first Chiefs Super Bowl run, it reminded me a lot of the um, the Colts Super Bowl run where with, you know, with that, like, it's like the team, you know, the, you had this elite quarterback and then the, in 2006 and then, you know, Bob Sanders and that crew, like Dwight Freeney and all those guys, they kind of like, they had the talent there, but they, you know, they, they just felt like they always gave a bunch of points and they coalesced down the stretch. And that seems to be something that this Chiefs defense does a lot is like, it gets hot at the right time. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's got to be helpful to know that like, all right, if we get hot at all, like we're, we're getting the ball to Patty, like, or Pat, excuse me, I forgot his mom will tweet you if you, if you, if you call him something <laughs> other, than, other than Patrick or Pat. Um, Sky Moore, you mentioned, I think really interesting uh, people sort of uh, aren't aware of this, but like, and you could always think, oh, Andy Reid, you draft a wide receiver, the guy's going to blow up because they do really well. But they almost never do well the rookie season in the Andy Reid system. And it, that's probably learning the, the intricacies of it all, getting on the same page as the quarterback. Um, I think that Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin, his first year, I think there's only two guys with over 750 receiving yards as a rookie for Andy Reid. Have you seen anything from Sky Moore that like might lead us to believe that he could be in for a breakout second season? Yeah, I, I do believe Sky Moore is going to have a better season. Uh, a lot of stuff that you saw during his uh, rookie year, obviously with high expectations, people were expecting him to just put up big numbers right away, especially with the uh, departure of Tyreek Hill last year. But the way the offense is set up, they run through so many different receivers. You have a lot of veterans, you have a lot of young players, and they're not really plugged into the just your wide receiver one, your wide receiver two. It's more like you're in this package, you're in that package. Uh, for him, it was just finding a way to get into a consistent package in the offense. And I, I think towards the end of last year, and you even saw him make some plays in the Super Bowl, he started to figure it out. He started to find his way to really, you know, affect the offense, affect the way that Mahomes looks at him in terms of like certain, maybe his third down plays, maybe his second down. It's always a progression with Andy Reid. He doesn't like to just throw the rookies out there and let them figure it out. You saw they had Juju Smith-Schuster for a season because you want to have a veteran presence right away at the top of that wide receiver depth chart. Without Juju here and, you know, Kadarius Toney is going to be a guy that's going to be expected to do big things as well. I do see Tony. I do see more getting a lot more opportunities than you you may have seen last year. It's just, it's just the way Andy Reid kind of has the system set up. He's already made a mention to it all the way back in the combine that he's really focused on Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony playing bigger roles this season. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Kadarius Tony. Been in the news a little bit recently, not all positive. Curious to get your take on that. You're watching Pick 6. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
All right, Ed, Kadarius Tony, uh, Giants fans are not very happy with him uh, mm. right now. Maybe his his Twitter or something was hacked. We don't know. We don't have to necessarily get into that. But how do you think that this year is going to go for Tony uh, having a full offseason in the Chiefs system? Well, I do think he'll be very busy. He won't be near his phone as often. Um, he'll, he's going to be a guy that they're going to rely on big time. They see him almost in that kind of Tyree Hill type of range. He's very shifty, very fast. Um, he's one of those guys, once he gets the ball, it's, it's hard to catch him. It's hard to really keep track of him. His biggest issue that he's had early in his career has been injuries. You know, if the guy is healthy, he's their number one receiver out there. And, and now giving him a full training camp under Andy Reid's system, learning that discipline and learning how to play with Mahomes on a regular basis, you're going to see a lot more play calls than you saw, you know, leading into the Super Bowl and the actual game because this is a guy that is dynamic. He makes people miss, and um, he, he could be a reliable option, whether he's you know wide receiver one, which a lot of people are expecting, or two, he's going to be a guy that's going to be featured heavily in the offense this year. Yeah, he's just got to learn to put the phone down, and then I think he's going to Yeah, also, mind. didn't he have – Am I, I'm not imagining this. Didn't he, like, flick off the big – he's, like, the, gave the middle finger to the Big Apple when he got the he got the, the Super Bowl ring, too. It's like, he's like, hey, dude, they traded you to the Chiefs. Like, you yeah, won the Super that's Bowl. Yeah, so bad. Yeah. Not so bad. It's like – yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, like just, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like if CBS was like, you're moving to Honolulu. I'm not going to be like, how dare you? You know, like, like I'm not covering <laughs> football in, in Hawaii. Um, looking at, you know, you mentioned the offensive line. Is it, do you think it's, um, actually, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm going to, instead, I'm going to go to a question about the division because I think from a betting perspective, last year, the Chiefs were my favorite bet on, on like, preseason bet in the NFL, plus 160 to win the, to win the AFC West. In hindsight, right. you say it out loud and it's like, Ridiculous. How was that real? Was that like what what were people thinking? And it was just a doubt. It was just like doubting the Chiefs. It was it was doubting the Chiefs because of the Tyreek Hill thing and because of all the moves made by you know with Devontae Adams with uh, all the AFC West made all those moves. This year they're minus one sixty. That's a lot a lot different. Obviously, like a three hundred and twenty cent swing. I still think it's short. Like they yeah. th- this team had a chip on their shoulder last year, and they won the Super Bowl and they had Patrick Mahomes and. The division is good, but we don't know if Russ is going to work out. We, there's lots of things. Is minus 160 to win the division a, a reasonable bet? Because I feel like they're going to win the division again. They're just they're just 12-plus yeah. wins every year. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I, I feel like, yes, they are going to win a division. You know, they've won it every year since 2016. So uh, it's basically been the uh, Kansas City Chiefs West. Yeah. And uh, it's just when you look at the other teams and, and – the goal has been in the AFC West, is, especially when the Chiefs talk about it, they've been building just to beat Mahomes, just to beat Andy Reid. That's what every team has been doing. Have the Raiders gotten better? You know, this is something that we always look at. Have the Raiders gotten better? Will uh, the Broncos be better with a new head coach? You know, will Sean Payton be able to figure out the Russell Wilson situation? Um, it's the Chargers are still, you know, that team that's kind of they're there, but they're not really there. It's always these type of questions. And, you know, I just can't see a team really breaking through. Uh, the Chiefs kind of yeah. just have all their numbers. And, you know, it, just them going into Arrowhead, they've all struggled. It's, yeah, that number could definitely be uh, even more in the favor of the Chiefs. It's, uh, it's very, very, they're being nice. And I understand that a lot of people want to see what's going to happen in Denver. I think that's the big key. 
Uh, I would agree with that. I will say too, Chiefs uh, win total 11 and a half tied for the highest win total of any team. Now they've had at least 12 wins in multiple years. So that seems like a lock for them to have the best regular season record is at plus 380. I assume that you're going to take the over on their win total, but would you maybe sprinkle a little bit on best regular season record? Yeah, you know what? I could see them getting the best regular season record. Obviously, I'm taking over on that. Just because you look at the landscape in the NFL, you look at what the Eagles were last year and what they possibly could be this year. The Eagles lost some pieces that uh, I feel like a lot of people are not talking about. Um, That was the only other team that you really said, okay, they could be there. The Bills are still a solid team. But do they have enough? You know, you, you obviously look at what the uh, the Jets have done in the AFC East. I feel like they'll knock off a couple of wins from some of those teams. So it, it's that those are the reasons why I'm kind of looking at it. Then you look at the Chiefs' schedule. You have yeah. the market matchups. You have the Eagles matchup. I still think that opening night matchup is very interesting. It's the Lions. The Lions are yeah. a very hungry team, and and they've yeah. only looked like they've gotten better. So. I think that's going to be a fun matchup for opening night for a uh, ring night, basically. All right. I got a, I got a funky... that... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying okay. the, the spiral that will happen if somehow Jared Goff beats Patrick Mahomes. Now, I don't think it has anything. It won't, it won't impact the season, but I could just see the media just completely spazzing out if that were to happen in week one. Well, you know, what's crazy too. Um, is like, remember 2018, that 54, 51 game that, that Goff beat the beat, Mahomes or beat Mahomes in that in was it yeah it was 2008 mm-hmm. his first year and it was like it was like the future of football is here and now it's like week one it's like Mahomes is the future of football but like yeah. Jared Goff's on the Lions and is coming to town um I so uh Katie does Moxie bets uh as a as a another fantastic podcast that she hosts and I joined her and I didn't find out about this bet through the great work that they did uh prepping for that show wow. and there's a Mahomes Burrow Allen versus the mm-hmm. field bet on Caesars. So Mahomes, you get you get jo- Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Any one of those three win the MVP, you win the award. They're plus 190. The field is minus 240. I know that's kind of like a tricky one, little curveball, but I think I, it was such yeah. a good – I was so, I didn't know it was out there. It's such a good one that we pulled from Moxie Best. I thought it was worth discussing here. I think we, we both kind of leaned towards like the Mahomes thing just because, I mean, those three are like the, the big – they're the big three. They are definitely a big three. And, you know, obviously Mahomes, you know, wouldn't be interesting to win. It wouldn't be a surprise to go back to back. Just with the way that offense is set up, they still have all their weapons. Um, uh, you know, they, they got guys that are willing to prove themselves, especially a wide receiver that, that want to prove that they belong in this league. I know you brought Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. They want to prove something big time. So, and, and you know, I kind of just remember back to around this time last year when everyone was saying Mahomes is going to fall off because he lost Tyreek Hill. Uh, yeah. The guy had a record-breaking season, you know, passing the ball. So mm-hmm. it's still, you know, it, it's these things that, as you saw from, we saw from the quarterback, he's very intense. He loves these type of challenges. And I honestly will take Mahomes going back-to-back. I, I also think people devote, they will, Mahomes is the rare guy. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers qualifies. Voters won't get voter fatigue. They're like, nah, it's Mahomes. Like, we don't mind voting for him. No, I, I don't see. I don't see voter fatigue. Uh, he always brings something every year. I, I don't think you know. Well, he's since 2018 since he's been the everyday starter. Has there been a time when you're like, okay, this is a Mahomes game where he's kind of boring. He's probably not playing as well. Even in his real bad games, he looks good. Yeah. 
So it's just something about him that he just knows how to play the game, how to stay up for every game. So, yeah, like I said, Mahomes is the guy going into this year. Well, Ed, before we let you get out of here, there's one guy that we haven't discussed today, and that's Travis Kelsey. I mean, the best tight end in the league. Absolute threat on the goal line. Cannot be stopped. We look at some of his futures props, his season props. So for uh, receiving yards, he's over 1,000, 1,000 and a half. Uh, Receiving touchdowns, nine and a half. I kind of like that over for receiving touchdowns because, again, this guy can't be stopped. He had multiple games last year with three touchdowns. But how would you look into betting Travis Kelsey coming into the, the season? Um, definitely over. Like the guy, you know, I look at him and I, and I just see him even improving even more from what he did this past season. You've got to look at what they have on offense. And I know everyone focuses on the wide receivers and, and what they can do. That A lot of them are unknown. The tight end room is very talented. Noah Gray, um, Jody Fortson, when those guys are healthy, they make, they make life so much easier that they have these sets that Andy Reid will run with. He'll have all three of them out there at the same time. And you're going to have to cover one of them. And Kelsey obviously is going to get a lot of attention, but he utilizes that as well to help get himself open. We saw this in a, a game last year against the Tampa Bay Bucks, where all three score touchdowns, all three tight ends got into the end zone. And I spoke to Kelsey about it, and he said, this is just what the room does and just the way the offense is set up. He said, it makes my life easier because you got these guys that are great pass catchers. They can block as well, and they don't get enough talk, nearly enough talk, when you talk about the team in, in general. Yeah. So just even bringing that up, I, I just feel like it's, it's tough to really get a focus on Kelsey because even if you take the tight ends out of the, um, the equation, he's hard to cover on the field. You don't know where he's going. Uh. It goes back to him and Mahomes just having their own thing and breakdown plays, improvising. A lot of those, when you see them get open, I know those are improvised plays. Sometimes they just say, okay, just go, just go. And they make it happen. Once again, I'm go all in if you have to on Kelsey. I mean, sold, sold. I was already thinking of it, definitely sold on this. Uh, Ed, thank you so much (laughs) for joining us today. If you want to learn more about the Chiefs, make sure you go ahead and give him a follow. All of his articles on USA Today and ChiefsWire.com. Stay tuned for more from our All 32 series with daily drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching this video now. Ed, again, thank you so much. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Ed. Great stuff, man. Thank you. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.